journey into the Bible and explore its hidden text and rich wisdom. Join Adol Kazilski Mondays at 1 p.m. for the trip of a lifetime. Shavuot Tov, Chodesh Tov today is Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. It should be a good year, a, a, a beautiful year for all of us moving forward. And of course, as we start now all our programming, it is to be said that we are with our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. We are praying for them. We are holding them. And what better way to give them some spiritual energy, but to sit down with me for the next 45 minutes and learn some Torah. And you will see that as we go along, history is repeating itself. Um, as uh, King Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. Um, and we should derive strength and we should derive guidance from the Torah as to how we should behave during this time. For anybody listening with me, whenever we learn Torah and you're going to hear me have a jing-jing in my charity box, please give a couple of coins to charity because when we give charity, we are giving of ourselves. We are being benevolent. We are being kind. And what we are hoping is that God will do that for us. So while I'm talking to you, if you can hear me, I am putting some coins in the charity box. By the way, a very, very good way to keep positive and keep things positive is to have a charity box. Get yourself coins. And um, whenever you're cooking, whenever you are around in a bedroom, wherever, if you're sitting at work, um, have a charity box next to you and please put that in. And um, that in and of itself elicits a positive outcome. So we are in the middle of the book of um, Shmot. We just started the Pasha of Bo. Pasha of Bo, which by the way has a gematria of three, the Bet and the Aleph, um, indicates that the last three plagues are the plagues, um, are the last three plagues of the ten set of plagues that befell the Egyptians. Um, just before we were allowed to go free. We are not allowed to go free, but we were set free um, from Egypt. These three plagues are um, discussed over here. And as we have discussed further, and I'm going to bring it out towards the end of my show, that each and every single one of us has to see as if we go out of Egypt every single day. For Egypt and for what it stood for and the atrocities that happened, um, while they did happen on a physical plane, there was a tremendous amount of um, psychological warfare that was happening at the time, and it was to get the world, to get Egypt, who was a superpower of the world, they were the, the center of the world, get to understand that there is a God in this world. And quite honestly, I do feel that today, in the precarious times that we are living, this is... Uh, a very, very painful process, but a process through which we too can start going and seeing what is truly good and what is evil. And um, our job is to fix up our sphere of influence, fix up ourselves, fix up those around us, and fix up not in going around um, with guns and, and slaughtering people, by teaching people about humanity, about bring, being a light unto the nations, about living morally, about living honestly, and flooding this world with goodness and kindness. And then you will clearly, clearly see 
the difference between good and evil. If you'd like to join the conversation, 34519 is our SMS line, and 061-895-1019 is our telegram number. For those of you that are listening at home, you're most welcome to bring to uh, take out your, uh, what's the name, to take out your Bible. And we are going to be looking at chapter 10, that is Perik Yud, Apostle Yudbet, that is verse 12. We discussed to a large extent all the, um, the, the correspondence between God and Moshe last week um, as to how to tell um, Pharaoh about the plague of locusts. It was the first time after seven plagues that 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 that, that, that some doubt was uh, seeded into uh, Pharaoh's stubbornness. We spoke about um, God hardening his heart and the concept of free will. If you've missed that, you can go back and pick that up on a podcast. Um, and then Pharaoh, we see that Pharaoh tries to negotiate with. Uh, with Moshe and saying, well, okay, you want the people to go. I don't want to get, let you all go because I know that you, you're trying to escape. And anyway, who needs to serve the Lord God? Only the men. So why don't you just take some of them with you and um, come back in three days' time? And Moshe Rabbeinu tells him the very, 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 very famous saying, which is, as I said, was important for this coming uh, redemption, which we should see very soon. Um, we are going to go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughter, with our sheep and our cattle. We are going to leave Egypt um, with everything that we have. And so too we must know that while we are studying this, this exodus from Egypt, that Egypt is the prototype for the coming redemption, a redemption we were all waiting for when every single person, young and old, man and woman, will leave whole with all their belongings and um, will come into the light and will be embraced in a messianic time where there will be health and there will be wealth and there will be goodness amongst people, there will be a revelation of godliness, there will be morality. In the meantime, we are in a fight um, to destroy the evil. And this is really what is what's happening in Egypt. So let's just quickly look at a verse before we go for a break. By Yome Hashem or Moshe, God says to Moshe, yatcha al Eretz Mitzrayim, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt, Ba'arbe, and it will come from locusts. The Ya'al al Eretz Mitzrayim, it they will come up over the land of Egypt, by Yuchal, it called Esef Ha'aretz, it will, it will eat the entire grass, all the plants of the land, and anything that the hail spared. So as we saw um, in, in all previous plagues and what happened to the end of the plague, um, all ten plagues, we, if you recall, um, we spoke about Moshe's staff. All ten plagues were engraved on Moshe's staff. And God literally told Moshe, stretch out your hand over Egypt with locusts. Meaning what God was telling Moshe was that he had to grasp the staff in the place where it was inscribed with the word locusts. And that's how the locusts came down on the land of Egypt. And by the way, that happened with every other single 
plague. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. You're speaking with Adel Kozlowski and we are learning Torah. Very, very important. Gives tremendous strength to the Jewish people. So, God says to Moses, stretch out your hand over the land for the locusts. So what did he do? We're looking at verse 13. Vayet Moshe et Mateo al Eretz Mitzrayim. He stretched forth his staff over Egypt. Vahashem nihag ruach kadim vaaretz b'chol hayom hahu. And God directs an east wind over the land. B'chol halayla, haboker, haya. So it was that whole night and that whole day. And when morning came, the east wind was carrying locusts. So basically what happened is God actually just waited until even the evening of the time that he was giving him the warning to go and see if he could, if, if, if Pharaoh would retract. But um, so, so basically what happened is a east wind began to blow. It continued blowing the entire day and night. And it was early at the end of the night that swarms of locusts came upon Egypt. So he was, he, he, God, God is patient. God is patient. But nothing happened. Now, we are told that uh, the sight of the clouds of the locusts, the Midrash tells us, that descended on Egypt, didn't, didn't make the um, Egyptians nervous. In fact, it made them very, uh, very excited. They were cheering them. Why? Because, believe it or not, ugh, but believe it or not, um, the locusts were a type of delectable meal. They used to preserve the locusts. So they were very excited. Oh, we're going to get a lot of them. We're going to put them into barrels. We're going to salt them and we're going to eat them. And the reason why they were so happy um, was also because they were um, bordered. They were they were bordering on starvation. Now remember that the the pestilence, um, the pestilence that 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 came about had eaten up all the animals. Okay, they had exterminated the animals so that there was no meat that could be obtained. And the plague of hail had destroyed all the fruit and the vegetable supplies. So they, they, they were pretty hungry. They were pretty hungry and so they rejoiced, um, they rejoiced in them coming. Let's look at verse 14. By Yal Ha'arbe, I'll call Eretz Mitzrayim. The locusts came upon the whole land of Egypt. And they rested on the entire Egyptian territory, all the way to its borders. Um, it, was, it was very, very severe. Never before had there been such a locust plague, and never again. Now the Midrash comes and actually tells us that there were seven types of locusts, because there are seven types of locusts mentioned in the Bible. <clears throat> there's Arve, and that's that's how we call the plague of locusts. Then there's Salam, there's Chargol, Chagav, Gazam, Lelek, and Chasil. Those are all the different types of plagues. And how do we know that there were seven types? Because if you look the word Arbe is mentioned seven times in the section. So the Torah refers to the plague in general as Arbe, 
because that was the species by far the most, but there were actually seven types. And we learned that because Arbe is mentioned seven types. Now, very, very interestingly, the Torah says never again would there be such a plague, and they're talking about Arbe, which what the Torah was saying was never again would there be so many Arbe all at once. Like you would find other plagues of locusts, but you would never, ever, ever find so many Arbe that would that would come on. Now, these locusts um, were not very, very um, <laughs> nice creatures. I mean, I think at the best of times. If any of us go and we um, we uh, we uh, look for a locust, we'll, we'll we'll jump that high, right? But here it is: is that the locusts we are told were miraculously equipped, says the midrash, with special organs to wound and kill the Egyptians. We're told that they possessed teeth like iron, horns resembling those of oxen. Claws like lions, wings like eagles, and rithering backs like snakes. And they sprang into the face of the Egyptians, and they bored out their eyes with their claws. Also, their saliva was deadly poison. So if it dripped onto a an Egyptian, he immediately died. And the most horrific part about it all was that they were literally... Insatiable. They're not only consumed uh, the trees and the grass, they even hopped into the Egyptian houses, they devoured their jewelry, clothing, and precious articles. There were so many of them that they darkened the sky, they covered the surface of the earth, and they stopped up all the wells. So they basically ate up everything in Egypt so that by the end of the plague, there was not one single leaf or blade of grass that could be found in the whole of of Egypt. So it was an absolutely horrific, horrific um, play. Um, and now we need to ask ourselves, as we said, that God's, God's um, justice is in a hair's breadth. It is exactly according, the punishment is in accordance with the deed done. So why was Hashem punishing them Nida, Keneged Nida? Well, the Jews um, were forced, the Israel were forced to sow their crops. And the bounty that was found in Egypt was because of the fact that the Jews had um, had 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 sowed it for them. So what happened now is that God did not want the Egyptians to have any benefit and the locusts devoured whatever the Jews had sown. Also, after the plague of hail, the Egyptians had believed, believed that they would benefit from the fruits that fell to the ground when, you know, when the hailstones had shattered the trees. Therefore, God sent the locusts to consume anything and everything edible that had been thrown to the ground by the hail. So that is when you see um, when you see the devastation, by the time it was the going out of Egypt, there was absolutely nothing left of the land of Egypt. So this was 
an absolutely horrific, revolting, hideous uh, play that if Egypt was not decimated yet, um, it brought further decimation to, to, to the Egyptians and destroyed absolutely anything and everything that they were, they were trying to do. Now we're starting to see a change, right? In the way that they're reacting. Moshe, uh, Paro calls for Moshe Aaron by Yomer and he says, I have sinned um, to, to your God, Belachem, and to you. Forgive me for my crime just this one time. Pray to your God. Pray to Hashem. And let him take away this, this, this death away, away from me. So basically you're saying, please, can you ask God? He must relieve me from the locusts because, um, you know, he's, there's going to be death by, by, uh, by starvation. Now it's significant to see that he says, I have sinned to God and lachem to you in plural. But, when he talks about his crime, he says, forgive my crime. Then again, when he says, pray to God, he says it in plural. So basically, when Paro ejected both Moshe and Aaron, he admitted sinning to both of them. But Paro also knew that Moshe was so humble that the humiliation would be nothing to him. So he only now, says the Midrash, asked forgiveness from Aaron. Right? Because he knew Moshe didn't care. In fact, we spoke last week about the fact that every time Moshe delivered his message of doom and gloom, what just happened was that he just turned around and left. He didn't say goodbye. He didn't leave respectfully. He didn't do anything because he didn't really, really care. Also, there's another Midrash, very interestingly, that, that says that along with the locusts, Egypt was invaded with deadly snakes, wasps, killing many people, the wasps stung the eyes, the Egyptian eyes blinding them, and as many Egyptians died during the plague of locusts as from the hail. Okay? So, Paro was basically saying, this is all that I want. Don't think I want, I want to trick you, and then ask you for to pray to me again. Just take this away from me now, and I won't bother you again. So, what happened? By Yetzeme in Paroi, Moshe leaves Paroi's presence, by Yetar and Hashem, and he prays to God. Again, over here, you can see that he has to leave the presence of idol worship in order for him to talk to God. By Hashem, Ruach Yam Chazak Me'od, God then makes a very strong west wind blow. Remember, before the locusts came in with the east wind, now it is with the west wind. Vayisa et ha'arbe, and they carried the, the, the locusts. Vayitzka ehu yama suflo nisha arbe echad b'chol gvom mitzrayim. And they carried away all the locusts and put them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust remained in all of Egyptian's borders. So, there was no chance of them um, making any preserves or eating anything, which as I said before, that um, it was a delicacy in, in Mitzrayim. And from the time 
we're told that Moshe prayed that the locusts left. There has never been locusts again in Egypt. And even we're told when locusts would invade the, um, Israel and some would invade Egypt, they never ever did damage. Because when Moshe prayed there would be no more locusts, his prayer was a permanent one. And the same thing was true, by the way, after the plague of frogs, when Moses said they will only remain in the Nile. According to some authorities, Moshe was referring to the crocodile that now lives in the Nile. Um, and we know these these reptiles can be like pretty dangerous, right? Highly dangerous, and they're known to be man eaters. Um, according to Torah, the crocodile is considered a type of frog, and that's what remained there. So no locusts um, would be able to do any more da- damage in Egypt because whenever Moses said something, his words had a permanent effect. So. Um, also, just by the way, this explains why Hashem told Moshe, um, when telling him of the plague, he said, I have made Paro's heart so that you may confide it to your children and grandchildren. So of all the plagues, this is the only one where God says it will be rela- related to your children and grandchildren. And one might think that the other plagues were more miraculous, you know, because plague, um, the, the plague of locusts is a natural event. But after all the other plagues were over, there was no evidence they ever existed. However, every time locusts appeared in the land and avoided Egypt, this plague was remembered. People would see that locusts invaded all the other lands, but not Egypt. So children would ask their parents, why? You know, what's the reason for all of this? Giving, uh, you know, the parent the opportunity then to tell the entire story of how God sent a great plague of locusts against Egypt and then decreed that the land would never be subjected to locusts. And the children then would tell the story to their offspring and everybody would know about God's miracles. You would think, you would think by this time that Pharaoh had in fact changed his mind. But not so. But once the the um, the plague had disappeared, he hardened his heart once again. And really, why did he? Because it says when he saw that even the the preserved locusts had vanished, or the ones that they had tried to catch, he thought to himself. I'm seeing things. I'm, 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 it's, a, it's an illusion. And he thought, well, then all the locusts are an illusion. He couldn't even understand that the locusts that he had had in his backyard were from another time that were pickled in jars could disappear. So he was led to such a false conclusion. Why? Because again, God had punished him once again. Punished him really, really badly. And um, he just, he couldn't see the wood for the trees. And that is really what evil is all about. Evil is when a person becomes so brainwashed that they actually cannot see any more the facts on the ground, the truth about the world, and what comes out with evil is a, 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 uh, barbarism, a negativity 
that is, 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 is beyond and absolutely unspeakable. And this is really where we find ourselves today. Um, and I want to discuss a little bit about what the, the psycho-spiritual message of the locusts are. Now, remember, there were ten plagues. And the ten plagues, okay, the ten plagues that uh, we had were each one was attacking a different sphere of the human consciousness. We know that ten is a very, very important number in Judaism. The ten, the seven are the seven emotive uh, attributes. We have seven emotive attributes of kindness, of severity, integrity, etc., etc. And then there are three intellectual faculties. The first seven plagues attack the seven emotive, um, emotives, emotive attributes of a person, and we, we, we discuss it, we said um, there is a confidence that one has that had to do with blood, um, bonding, submission, ambition, compassion, rejection, and love. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go back um, on Chai podcast and you can hear me talking about it. But while the first seven plagues attacked the emotive attributes of the Egyptians, it now is starting to attack the intellectual um, emotions. And after the break, we are going to go and discuss what locusts are all about. And you will see that today, that that is um, the perversion that we see and all the negative, all the negative um, press and ideas that are going around. The Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra presents the 2023 Spring Symphony season, showcasing a lineup of world-class conductors and soloists. Repertoire includes favorites by Rachmaninoff, Beethoven, Sevelius, and Schubert, as well as widely performed works by Bork, Bruch, and Elgar. The season runs between the 26th of October and the 16th of November at the Linda Auditorium. Concerts take place every Thursday night. At seven th- every Thursday evening at 7.30. Bookings for the season tickets are available at info at jpo.co.za and single concert tickets are available on Cricket. This is 101.9. Hi. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Okay, let's discuss locusts because one of the biggest and hardest things to fight is the information that people eventually start believing and um, that are not put that are not based on fact. So let's first discuss the psycho uh, spiritual idea behind locusts. Okay, it's the locusts coming and descending upon Egypt was a symbol of the destructive consequences of a corrupted mind. Now, let's just um, talk about this a bit more, right? We have the ability of intellectual inquiry. We have the ability to show scrutiny. And it's probably the singular most precious gift that the human race has. That we actually have the ability 
to look at things, analyze things, inquire about things, scrutinize things. Why? Because it allows us to explore the universe. It allows us to improve our lives. It allows us also to discover our higher moral calling as being uh, and, and being part of the of the human family. However, the very same power of intellectual inquiry can serve as a tool to rationalize, listen to me, to rationalize every evil practiced under the face of the sun and to justify every destructive lifestyle or habit. And that's what we have today. Not only do we see people who believe that butchering people, cutting them up, burning them, raping them, beheading them, being destructive not only to the human race but to the animals, to absolutely everything, their minds are so corrupt that they actually are able to excuse this destructive, despicable behavior as moral, as moral. And like the locusts swarmed, and consumed all the existing plants in Egypt and left in it a wake of barren soil, what the corrupt mind does, it uproots every existing moral structure and every established sacred foundation. And you know what it leaves? It leaves in its wake a desolate society that's bereft of spiritual value, values and absolute principles. And that was the tragedy of the Egypt-like intellectualism. Basically saying it in other words, you become so open-minded that your brains fall out, that you can't even see the wood for the trees. And I reject wholeheartedly, completely. And I tried, I request every person who is sending these despicable nonsense, immoral messages across social media that if you actually went and fat-checked, you would go and see what you are saying is absolute garbage. And I feel sorry for you because you have been brainwashed. And as we are talking now, and I'm going to respond to just this one, one Listener just went and said, when the Jews entered in Palestine as refugees with no clothes and no shoes, today they claim Palestine belonged to them. Fact. Jews were kicked out of every country in Europe and Palestine was the only country to help and support helpless Jews. Fact. Fact. Whoever you are, and I'm not even going to give you the joy of me mentioning your name over the radio, the Jews, Palestine was not a country. That's fact number one. Number two, since when did you ever help and support helpless Jews? As soon as the Jews declared Israel to be theirs, as it has been for the last 4,000 years, how did you help us? We had the War of Independence. How did you help us? We had the Six-Day War. How did you help us? We had the Yom Kippur War. Absolute garbage, garbage. And to be spread around like this, this is the sickness of the locusts that you can take this God-given 
ability to have intellectual inquiry, to go look back in history and follow history and the facts and then go take it all and subjugate it to a corrupt thinking to change the facts completely and say that you were the only ones that helped us with, with, with clothes and shoes. You were the ones that came running out. Well, here's the facts on the ground. God gave us the land of Israel. Go read the Bible, black and white, any Bible, Jewish Bible, Christian Bible, go read the Bible. God gave it to Abraham. It's length and it's breadth. It's width, everything. God took us out of Egypt, gave us the Ten Commandments, and brought us back to the land of Israel. The land of Israel is ours. It always was. It is and always will be. And all these other locust facts are in fact nothing but to devour and create negativity and a mankind that can show such an ugly side that it's actually incomprehensible. So here's a lesson for today. Don't be attacked by the locusts. Go look for the facts yourself because the facts will speak louder than anything. And I'm going to land up with one last fact to our dear listener before I close this program. Here's a fact. You've tried to kill us before. Whether it was in Egypt, whether it was the Romans, whether it was Haman, whether it was the Cossacks, whether it was the Spanish expulsion, whether it was the Holocaust. The Jews are an eternal people with an eternal land and an eternal God. And none of whatever you say and any garbage that you want to bring will diminish, take away from that eternity. So stop giving us stupid facts. Stick to the truth because the truth will prevail. This is 101.9 High FM.